Hello, everyone. My name is Byron Howell, and this is the Byron Howell Ministries podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And today we are going to talk about what to do when you suffer a physical problem and how to best position yourself for healing. Really a how to, you know, what to do. You get attacked. Something happens. Family member gets attacked. This is so you know what to do, how to get started, how to start on the right path so that you can see healing and victory every single time, because that is God's will for your life and for your body. When I was younger, my father took me skiing in Colorado every year. And one year he wore snow boots that were too small for him and he developed ingrown toenails. I know it sounds disgusting. He had to have some procedures on his toes and his toenails on his big toes have never looked the same. He also said it was extremely painful. So basically because of that, I grew up with a fear of ingrown toenails. And ever since, I've always been careful about my shoe sizes and about trimming my toenails. But even with this fear and preventative efforts, I've had a couple of times where I've had to get the nail tools and dig out the side of my big toenail. And if any of you have ever had to do that, you know it's not fun. Well, the other morning, I woke up about 5.30 to take my dogs out. As I started to walk, I felt the worst ingrown toenail pain I have ever felt. The pain was shooting all through my toe. And this made no sense because I hadn't done anything recently to cause this or done anything like small shoes or whatever, but there it was. And it was so bad that my first fear was that, you know, my typical techniques wouldn't work and I needed to go to a doctor. But fortunately, I remembered that every Christian is a carrier of God's healing power and I could use my faith. So that's just what I did. And if any of my neighbors happened to be walking by at that moment, it probably sounded weird. I commanded in Jesus name the pain to go and for my toe to be healed. I still had to walk one of my dogs, so we started off down the street, and it still hurt. So I started thinking about how I would get home, and then I would dig the nail out of the side of my toe and hope for the best. But then I felt the peace of God about this situation. I can't say I heard the still small voice or even the audible voice of God, but it's like I got a word right from this piece, or perhaps it was my mind interpreting the meaning of this piece that I was getting from the Holy Spirit. I had done what I needed to do, and my toe was already healed. I just knew it. I just knew it by the Spirit of God. I still felt the pain, but I knew that I could enter a mental rest about this situation, or a faith rest, for we which have believed do enter rest. That's Hebrews 4, 3. So I didn't do anything about it, and I stopped thinking about it. By about 12.30 p.m. that day, the pain was drastically reduced, and by the end of the day, the pain was gone. I never touched it. I never even looked at it again. It was totally healed. Glory to God. Now, I'm not sure how or why that all happened. Maybe it was a demonic attack. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I've opened a door to attacks in this area because of that fear. Maybe, and I don't know how this is possible, but maybe I just slept on it funny. Regardless, it happened. My body suffered a negative situation. But by doing what I know to do from God's word, I received healing and the physical manifestation came rather quickly. So today let's talk about healing again. And let's focus very practically on what you should do if your body is injured or attacked. I'm not going to give you all the biblical or theological underpinning for all of my beliefs in this message. 
That would take hours. This message is what to do when you suffer a physical problem and how to best position yourself for healing. If you don't understand from a biblical perspective that God wants you healed every time your body is attacked or injured, then please go through my other podcast and blog post to learn about that. It's all there. It's all free. There's no ads. It's just something you know I want you to have to help you get through these healing journeys in your life. Unfortunately, at some point, your body is going to get attacked. And I'm not trying to prophesy negative words over you, but that's just the way it is. Maybe it's just a simple injury. Maybe you stub your toe or bump your head. Maybe you get in a car accident. Maybe you catch a contagious disease. Maybe, as we see many times in the Bible, a demon attacks you with a sickness. Unfortunately, there are a lot of ways our bodies can suffer medical problems. But fortunately, the Bible tells us what to do about it. Interestingly enough, God knows that these problems will come. Just think of all the tools God has given us to fight them off. We have immune systems. We have this cellular regeneration system in our body. If we get cut, then our blood will clot and the wound will heal. If we break a bone, the bone will grow back. On top of all of that, for Christians, God has placed the healing power of God in our bodies to constantly deliver healing power to us. That's Romans 8, 11. We have authority over sickness and disease and over every unclean spirit. That's Luke 9, 1. If we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we also have the miracle working power of God at our disposal to lay hands on the sick and work healing miracles. That's Acts chapter 1, verse 8 and Mark chapter 16, verse 18. When you consider all of that and much more we can mention, it's absolutely crazy to think that God wants us sick or injured. But in fact, that's not what people consider. Rather, people consider all of the sickness and injuries in the world around us, and they think God must want us to have physical problems. People think that God's will is automatic. And if this world is filled with sickness, then God must want people sick. But that's not true. That's not the way it works. God will, excuse me, God's will is for your healing. God's will is for everyone's healing, but it's not automatic. If you want to receive healing from God, you have to do what the Bible says to do. Your salvation isn't automatic. Your financial success isn't automatic. And your healing isn't automatic. But they are all God's will for your life. Now, if you are attacked, you need to decide how you are going to handle it. You can always change your mind about this, but you should make the initial decision how you're going to handle it. And let's go through your options. If your body is attacked, the first option you have is to do nothing. Maybe your immune system or your body's other internal healing mechanisms will fight it off and you'll be fine. Maybe your body will do its best, but you will have a lingering pain or limited mobility, like when a broken bone heals the wrong way. Or maybe, as with some bad injuries or serious illnesses, your body can't overcome it and you'll die. God forbid. The second option you have is to go see a doctor. And in this option, I mean you go see the doctor, but you don't involve God. The doctor may be able to give you the right medicine that simply eradicates the sickness from your body. The doctor might set the bone correctly, 
or the other injury could be set or you know stitched up or what have you. So now your body's internal healing mechanisms can heal the problem completely. The doctor might suggest other actions or remedies. Modern medicine is amazing and God has played a big role in some of our most amazing medical advances. But the medical world has never been perfect and it never will be. The doctor might make a mistake. The medicine might not be very effective. There is no guarantees in the medical world, and I think we all know that. The next option is to only use your faith and the healing mechanisms the Bible gives us. Now, of course, your body's healing mechanisms are always going to be working, so we're not throwing that away. But in this, for this portion of the discussion, the next option is you're just going to use your faith and the healing mechanisms the Bible gives us. We can lay hands on ourselves and command healing to come and the pain to go in Jesus' name. We can cast demons out of ourselves in the name of Jesus. According to James chapter 5, verse 14, we can call for the church elders to pray the prayer of faith over us, and we can be healed that way. When we consider the ministry of Jesus and the apostles, we don't see them using any medical treatments to work healing miracles. They only used supernatural remedies like the healing power of God and their authority over unclean spirits. This option is available to you as well, but you need to be careful about it. We'll come back to this. The final option is to use both your faith and God's healing mechanisms and doctors. This is by far the most common choice in the Christian world today and at least if the problem has any significance. Whether you've realized it or not, every time you've been attacked, every time you've encountered a physical problem, you've chosen one of these ways to deal with it. Recognizing this truth and understanding this framework is the first step to seeing victory every time your body suffers a problem of any kind. If you are attacked or injured, you need to consider this framework and decide what you're going to do. Let me remind you again, God's will is your healing, but God's will is not automatic. Your body may heal itself. The doctors may prescribe the perfect treatment plan. But if you want God involved in your healing journey, then you need to involve him. You need to invite him in. You do that through prayer, Bible study, and using your faith. James 1 verses 5 through 8 teaches us that without faith, it's impossible to receive anything from God. God has a wonderful plan for your life. God has promises for you to see his blessings in every area of your life. But without faith in God's word and without obedience to God's system for living, you are never going to see God's will in your life. And that's tight, but it's right. So just to briefly recap. The first option for your healing journey is to do nothing and maybe your body will heal itself. The second option is to do what the doctors say without involving God in your healing. And I'm sure you understand. I don't recommend those two options and we won't really discuss them further. Sometimes a minor ailment may actually be the start of or a symptom of a major problem. I don't want to even speak fear or death here, but you know what I mean. Similarly, sometimes... Doctors do a great job, but sometimes they don't. So let's spend our time talking about the third and fourth options, where you use God's healing systems, excuse me, God's healing systems 
and you may also use doctors. These are the options you want to use every time you have a physical problem. We're going to encounter some difficult questions here, but again, I think that if you acknowledge this framework and the choices you are making, it's going to greatly help you spiritually, mentally, and physically. Now, I want to start by encouraging you to involve God in your healing journey every single time your body is attacked. Just make this a default mechanism and do it immediately. I don't care how small the problem is. If you stub your toe, command the pain to go in Jesus' name. If you have a minor cold symptom, command that symptom to go in Jesus' name. If you get a brain freeze from a milkshake, command that pain to go in Jesus' name. Whatever the ailment, whatever the cause, use the healing power of God before you do anything else. Just start there. Use your faith. Use the authority you have because of your union with Christ. Release the power of God into your body and then go from there. Involving God in your healing situation immediately is important. This will arrest your mind from going down the dark roads. This will calibrate your thinking and establish your faith. Maybe this is a terrible situation. Maybe the symptoms are severe. But your hope is, first and foremost, in God. Starting in that place is going to set you up for success every time. In fact, let's just take a moment, especially if you are in a healing journey right now. Maybe you haven't focused on God enough. Maybe you haven't involved God in your situation. You can start over right now. God's healing will Excuse me, God's healing power will work if there's only one cancer cell in your body. God's healing power will work if you have been battling cancer for years and the doctors say it's everywhere. No matter what the ailment, no matter how far along you are, we can make a fresh start today. Just pray out loud with me right now and I'm going to give you an opportunity to repeat after me. Father God, Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. Thank you that according to Isaiah 53, 5 and 1 Peter 2, 24, Jesus also paid the price on the cross for my healing. And that by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Now in Jesus' name, Symptoms, I command you to get off my body. Pain, I command you in Jesus' name to get off my body. I release the healing power of God into my body. I remember that God's Spirit, with all the healing power of God, is already in me. I receive it right now. I declare by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. In Jesus' name, I declare that I'm healed. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, feel free to take another minute with that prayer. Get specific. What are you going through? What symptoms, what pains, what side effects, what diagnosis have you received? Curse the, the diagnostic curses over your life. Curse the symptoms. Curse the cancer. Curse the tumor. Curse anything afflicting your body. Command the unclean spirits out. Command the pain to go. Whatever is going on, speak directly to that mountain and command it to get off of you in Jesus' name. But now listen, doesn't that feel good? 
Doesn't that feel right to take authority over your situation in the name of Jesus and to involve God in your healing journey? So, of course, that's the right thing to do every single time. But now the question is, what are you going to do next? You know, sometimes you'll get attacked and then you'll pray like that and you'll know that everything is fine. Sometimes you'll know it's fine because it's not a big deal and it will pass like a brain freeze. You're just using your faith because that's the right thing to do. Sometimes it's a little more serious, but you just know that it'll be okay by the peace from the Holy Spirit. Give God the glory and start thinking about something else. It's important to move your mind away so you cut off the fear and the worry and the negative thoughts. If the negative thoughts come at you, cast them down and replace them with Bible thoughts if you can. That's 2 Corinthians 10.5. If for some reason you can't do that, then find some other thoughts to replace them with. Go for a walk, watch a TV show, do some work, whatever, but stop worrying about this medical situation. The next level of analysis comes if you feel like you should do more. I encountered this the other day with my toe. I prayed and I felt pretty good spiritually, but the toe still hurt. And I thought I should still get out the nail clippers and work on my toenail. Maybe you feel like you should take some medicine. Maybe you feel like you should go see a doctor. The one thing I don't want you to feel is fear or condemnation. Spend a few minutes praying. If you have your prayer language, then pray in tongues or pray in the spirit for a few minutes. If you don't, call me and let's get you your prayer language. But turn on the music, sing a worship song, stay focused on God and his promises. Now, what do you think you should do? After you've spent a few minutes truly focused on God, what do you think you should do? If you come back and say, you know what? I think I'm good. I think I've got this. I think my faith has worked. Then I, that's not going to surprise me at all. But, you know, it's okay, right? Try not to do anything from fear. As you consider your options, where do you feel the most peace? Where do you feel that rest in your heart? As Kenneth Hagin says, you know, you're considering something and you just feel like almost that velvety sensation inside. You know that it's right. The Holy Spirit wants to bring you peace and rest to help with your decision making. That's Colossians 3.15. It's not always easy to know the right thing to do as we go through life. But the peace of the Holy Spirit is one of the best tools that God has given us to help us make these difficult decisions. When my wife was diagnosed with stage four cancer, we had several people tell us that we should just believe God and don't use the doctors. And if you're at that level, I'm very happy for you and I congratulate you. But to be honest, that's like getting shot in a vital organ and just believing God for your healing. Of course, God's power is more than enough to heal you. But I'm sure not going to condemn you if you go see a doctor. My wife told me that she wasn't there and she wanted to use conventional treatments. And I knew that God was with us. I don't care how bad the problem is. God's power is more than enough to heal you without any intervention from the medical realm. But if it's a serious problem, you're going to want to approach it very seriously. If that's you, then my advice is for you to be in the word all the time. You need to be listening to people that truly understand the healing will and power of God. Audrey Mack, Curry Blake, Andrew Womack, Greg Moore, Barry Bennett, 
Bill Winston. Those are the people you should be listening to. They have tons of free materials on their websites and YouTubes, and they have books about healing, all sorts of stuff. And you should saturate your mind with those teachings. Honestly, my podcast now has a ton of good teachings on healing because I've been listening to all those other people and studying the word for myself. I know the truth. And I encourage you to check out my teachings as well. And you should do this whether you're using doctors in the conventional treatments or not, you know, because you want God's healing power to take the pole position, you know, the primary position in your healing journey. That'll protect you from the side effects. That'll protect you from a misdiagnosis. That'll protect you from anything, right? You use the power of God first and foremost, and you'll see victory. Spend time studying the word of God about healing. Meditate the scriptures. Worship God for his healing will and power. Then stand in faith for your healing. Now I'm going to talk about that idea of standing in faith for your healing and the appropriate relationship with doctors. Those are two of the most important topics for Christians in their healing journeys, and they are topics virtually everyone will encounter. If you've spent any time in the Christian world, you've probably heard that phrase, stand in faith. We don't have time today to explore every potential use of that phrase. Let me just tell you what it really means and how you should use it. As far as God is concerned, a person is truly standing in faith regarding a prayer when that person is fully persuaded that God has heard their prayer, that their prayer is answered, that the thing is done, that God's word is true and is their reality, even before the answer has showed up in the natural realm, even before you can see the answer with your eyes or feel it in your body. That's when you are standing in faith. Now, your salvation is an easy example. You know that you are saved. I can't convince you otherwise. There is nothing in the natural realm which tells you that you are saved from your sins and going to heaven for eternity. You didn't get a ticket to heaven. You didn't grow wings. There's no white cloak that descended upon you. There's nothing. You believe in your salvation because of God's word alone. You're going to be standing in faith for this until the day you die or when Jesus returns. And by die, you know, I mean your body dies. Only at that point will there be any physical evidence that what you believed about your salvation is true and real. But even now, without that physical evidence, you still know it's true and that your salvation is a present reality in the spiritual realm with manifestation to come. That's the key. Your salvation, your spiritual reality is your reality in the spiritual realm. But to stand in faith for anything other than salvation is a little different. You might believe God provides for you, but I can point to your empty bank account. You might believe God has healed you, but I can read the doctor's written report. After you have prayed for your healing, after you have had hands laid on yourself or commanded the symptoms to go and healing to come, after you've commanded any unclean spirits out of your body, you see, after you have done what God's word tells you to do, then it's done. That's the key. It's done even when you still haven't seen it 
haven't seen it show up in the natural realm. You just have to be patient. Then it will show up in the natural realm. So I've prayed. I've done what God's word tells me to do. Now I believe that it's done. I don't have my white cloak from heaven yet, but I know that I'm saved. My toe hasn't stopped hurting yet, but I know that I'm healed. So you say, Byron, how do I know that it worked? First John chapter five, verses 14 through 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we desired of him. You see, every time you pray according to God's biblical promises and every time you act according to God's biblical directions, it works. God's word never fails or returns void. God's power engages to bring the answer to your prayer, to bring the harvest on your seed. It always works. But there is a period of time between when you pray and when the answer to that prayer shows up. And in that period of time, there is contrary information in the natural realm that tells you the prayer didn't work. You prayed, but it still hurts. You prayed, but the doctor still says you're sick. Isaiah 53 verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Romans 3 4. Let God be true, but every man a liar. You must believe God's word more than you believe anything else, even contrary information in the physical realm. You must regard God's word as truth and everything else as a lie. You must believe that it's already done, that by Jesus stripes you are healed, even when there's no physical evidence. And sometimes you might be waiting a little while. Abraham waited for years to see his first promised child. That's Genesis chapters 12 through 21. Daniel waited for three weeks for an answer to prayer. That's Daniel 10 verse 13. The death of the fig tree didn't appear in the natural realm until the next morning. That's Mark 11 verse 20. This is a very important biblical principle, and we see Jesus discuss it in Mark 4 and Mark 11. There is a period of time between when a seed is planted and when the tree spouts up, sprouts up and bears fruit. There is a period of time between when you pray and when you see the answer to your prayer in the natural realm. But you must believe that it's done. You aren't waiting for it to be done. You aren't hoping it will get done. You are standing in faith that it's already done. That's biblical faith. That's standing in faith. And remember, if the devil can steal that word from your heart, if the natural circumstances overwhelm you and you don't believe that it's done, unfortunately, now you are out of faith and you are not standing in faith and it won't work. Your faith is the force that brings God's will into the natural realm. It is the only force that brings it into the natural realm. See James chapter 1 verses 5 through 8. And my friends, once you understand this and how this works, if you will use it for God's promises in your life, then nothing can stop you. Literally, nothing can stand against you and you are ready to dominate this world for the kingdom of God. And look, I just want to say that I'm using the word prayer for healing 
broadly. And I'm using it to also describe commanding the symptoms to go, commanding the symptom to go, uh, the pain to go, the sickness to go, the demon to go. I'm using the term prayer to cover all of that. But remember, as we've seen elsewhere, you know, the Bible doesn't instruct us that we just pray Oh, God, please heal me. No, that is not how we approach healing. In the same way, if you said, hey, God, just give me a bunch of money. No, it doesn't work that way. God blesses the work of your hands. God gives you harvest on your seed. There is a financial paradigm to the kingdom of God. And if you want to see the financial promises of God in your life, then that's what you need to do. You need to operate that system. But... Or in the same way, there is a system to see God's healing blessing in your blessings in your life. You command that sickness to go. You take authority over that unclean spirit. You command that uh, pain to go, whatever it is, right? It's through authority and power that we see God's healing will manifest in our physical bodies. So just keep that in mind. And again, all those teachers that I talked about, my podcast, you'll learn all about that if that's not something that you're familiar with. The other day when I hurt my toe or when it started hurting, when I woke up, it didn't feel better the instant I prayed. I had to wait a few hours, but I knew it was done. Another time I hurt my ankle very badly. I've talked about that on other podcasts. I boldly spoke healing into my ankle for hours after praying and walking for hours, I knew that it was done. That's another point. Remember, the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. We need to be resisting what the enemy is trying to do in our life. As we stand in faith, ask God, how should I resist? For me, with my ankle, it was cleaning my house. The other day with my toe, it was taking the dog on the walk. You got to resist. I'm resisting in Jesus' name. And by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. But back to my ankle, you know, I prayed and I cleaned my house and walked around for hours and I knew that it was done, even though I was still in excruciating pain with every step. It was six hours or so before I felt better. And by the next morning, I was almost totally healed. The morning after that, so roughly 48 hours after I, I mean, seriously injured my ankle, I have no doubt. The morning after that, I ran four miles, totally and miraculously restored. Standing in faith isn't always easy, especially if it's a dire situation. Worship, Bible study, praying in tongues, and listening to the right Bible teachers. Those are the things you need to do to keep your mind fenced in by the promises of God while you're standing in faith. The manifestation will come. What's already done in the spiritual realm will show up in the natural realm. Just keep believing the report of the Lord and just keep standing in faith. You must stand in faith for your healing, regardless of whether you're using doctors in your healing journey. And standing in faith is something that the medical world knows nothing about. Many Christians, maybe even most, are going to involve doctors in their healing journeys. Now, the most likely situation is that your doctor is a good person who wants to help you, who wants to do his or her best, who wants to see you healed. But to correctly involve doctors in your healing journey, you must understand how they work and how to work with them. Your doctor is going to look at your physical situation 
and give you his or her best treatment plan. Often, and especially in difficult situations, that treatment plan was previously developed by teams of doctors over years, and it has been blessed by your insurance company. The medical world has something called standard of care. When the doctor looks at your situation, he may have a few options, but he's only got a few. And if what you want or what he thinks you should do is not considered standard of care and approved by the insurance company, then he's probably not going to recommend it or allow it, or the insurance company might not pay for it. Those doctors, they have to be really careful about standard of care because even recommending something outside of the standard of care could be grounds for a malpractice lawsuit if it doesn't work. You see, you just need to understand all of this. I sure didn't was when my wife was diagnosed and we got into that world, but my friends, that's the way it works. One time my wife wanted a particular scan and then our doctor, her doctor, a very nice guy, he showed us the chart. He said, look, I can give you these scans. These are standards of care. Insurance company will pay for them. But the one you want, that's not standard of care. And look, there was $4 signs next to it. I couldn't believe it. It was just like a menu or like, you know, like a list of restaurants or something. He said, look, they're probably not going to approve this. Well, you know, uh, praise God. That's what we wanted to do. We prayed and they approved it and it was no problem. But I'm just telling you, they have to go through that. You see, your doctor is bound by the medical realm, by the natural medical realm. And, and in some ways, that's a good thing. We can't get down on them about that. Your doctor cannot look into the spiritual realm and see that God has answered your healing prayers. You just need to stand in faith. Your doctor cannot see spiritual reality. Even if your doctor is a fire-baptized faith preacher on the weekends, his or her medical license doesn't allow for the consideration of spiritual realities that might not be going on in the unseen realm. Think about that for a second. The whole medical world is based on medicines that have sustained thorough testing. At least that's the way it should be, right? So those medicines have sustained and gone through testing after testing after testing. If it doesn't work in the natural realm, they can't think about it. They're not allowed to prescribe it. Your doctor can't prescribe you three Bible verses, lay hands on you and tell you just to stand in faith for your healing. And sometimes, my brothers and sisters, those are the only things that can help you. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm and whose heart departs from the Lord. Psalms 27. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. You should commit those verses to a memory and apply them to every aspect of your life. Don't trust in man or the medical world for your healing. Don't trust in man or the financial world for your provision. You must trust in God and his promises. You must learn to operate God's systems and do what God says. When you have doctors in your healing journey, make sure you treat them with love and respect. Don't get confrontational with them. That's not going to help anybody. 
As Barry Bennett describes, and he's been recently healed from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. He got completely attacked by a demon. He's written healing books. He's been on the front lines of the healing ministry for years, and he just went through a terrible attack. But when the doctor said, you'll be dead in two days, that was like two years ago. Actually, that was in 2020. And now, fully healed, fully restored, back in the ministry. You know, back in the healing ministry, getting people healed. You know, sometimes we get attacked. But what he says, and he's been there, is he says, look, doctors can assist you on your healing journey, but they cannot be your leader. Far too many people have made that mistake. You can hear their advice. You should take notes and then take it all to God in prayer. Do not feel pressured to make an immediate decision in the vast majority of cases. I know, I know, sometimes there are emergency situations. Sometimes you have very little time to think. But in that case, just give it two seconds, three seconds. Pray, where do you feel God? What do you feel God leading you to do? How does God feel about that medicine that may have the side effects? How does God feel about that surgery, that doctor? I tell you, we interviewed several doctors with my wife before we made choices. We interviewed several doctors every step of the way. Where do you feel peace from the Holy Spirit as you consider your options? All I can tell you is that my wife and I have been through this many times. You may have to refuse a course of treatment. You may have to choose one option or one doctor over another. Just let them all know up front that you're a Christian weirdo. I'm telling you, that's really going to help you. That's actually really good advice. Just let them know up front. It's really easy actually to do that. No matter what the doctor says, just say, thanks, we'll pray about that. And yes, the doctor may argue if the doctor doesn't like your decisions. The doctor may tell you you're going to die. The doctor doesn't want to lose another patient. You know, it's actually a good thing if the doctor argues with you. That means they actually care. They want you to win, both, both for themselves, probably, and for you. And that's okay. But it's your body, which is owned by God. That's 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. And you need to do what you think God wants you to do. When you pray, when you spend time listening to God, you know, I know hearing from God's not always the easiest thing. I know we don't always get it perfectly right. But when you do your best, God is going to back you up every time. Why? Because God responds to faith. According to your faith, be it unto you. That was one of the most powerful statements Jesus made, and he made it repeatedly. God is going to back up your faith and his promises. God is going to back up your faith. You're with God and you are standing in faith. That's where you need to be, even if you are pursuing conventional treatments. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to see good results. You're going to see restoration. You're going to see improvement. Pray over that medicine too. Don't let anyone curse your medicine by telling you that chemo kills or something like that. I hate that. Is there anything that is more annoying than, you know, when a person's on chemotherapy and everybody else says how chemotherapy is going to destroy your body? I mean, give me a break, right? Anyway, condemn any negative words over you and over your chosen medicine 
in the name of Jesus. You condemn those words. No, I don't care what reputation this medicine has. God told me to take it. And in Jesus' name, this medicine is blessed. In Jesus' name, this medicine does my body good. In Jesus' name, this chemotherapy won't harm a single healthy cell in my body. In Jesus' name, this chemotherapy supercharged by the power of God to go seek out and destroy every unclean or unhealthy cell in my body. You know, use your faith, that, that condemning the negative words, that's Isaiah 54, 17. Use your faith, visualize your healing and your restoration. That's using your imagination proactively. Get Andrew Womack's book about the power of your imagination. Very important. You want to see it on the inside. See yourself healed. See yourself free. See yourself delivered. That's part of walking by faith. And if someone won't be a positive part of your healing journey and support your decisions and believe God with you, then you must kick them out of your healing journey. Be patient. Remember that by faith and patience, we inherit the promises. That's Hebrews 6.12. You have sown and you will reap. Galatians 6.9. You Your answer will manifest in the physical realm. The doctors and everyone else will see it. And your healing journey will be over with a win and a testimony for Jesus. Regardless of whether you use doctors in your healing journey, you need to make sure that you use God. And God has no problems with that sentence. God wants to be the leader on your healing journey. God wants you or us to use all of the systems and promises he has given us to see healing in our bodies every time that it's needed. God doesn't want you to neglect his promises. His promises are actually your inheritance and they are available now. Take them and see healing your in your body. The day may come where you can't even get medical care from this world if you don't have the right mark of the beast, the right religion, the right social credit score, or the right vaccination history. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I'm not trying to stoke fear. It's just the truth. It's just the truth. Your access to medical care in this country and everywhere else is not a constitutional right. They can take it from you if they want. And if you can't afford it or you don't have the right insurance, then then buddy, you are completely subject to the, what they wanna do. And just ask people that live in countries like Canada where it's socialized medicine. I think the UK is like that as well. You, you do what they tell you to do or there are no options, or you have to pay for it yourself. Again, even if you have the best insurance and you can see all the best doctors in the world, they're not perfect. They don't know everything. The standard of care does not teach doctors how to deal with demonic sickness. You need to learn how to receive healing from God, whether you're going to pursue conventional treatments or not. I'm not against doctors or the medical system. Anybody that knows me, that spent any time with me, they know that. But I am for Christians learning how to receive their healing from Jehovah Rapha, our God, who calls himself the God who heals. All right, let's move on and wrap this up. As we've seen in this teaching, prayer is important, but just complaining to God about all your problems is not the prayer that's going to see you through this healing journey. Listen to those teachers I mentioned before. Listen to my podcast on healing, but you need to listen to the right teachers and involve the right people in your healing journey. In the Christian world, it's very common for a sick Christian 
to have other Christians pray for them. One reason for this is that teaching in James about having the elders pray the prayer of faith for you that I mentioned before. Of course, that's a great idea and it will work for your healing. It's one of the Bible's systems and methods to receive healing. But the way this is typically handled today needs to stop. And the reason it needs to stop, not on the whole, but a lot of it, is because the vast majority of the Christians and even the quote-unquote church elders in the world today don't know how to pray the prayer of faith for your healing. And that's sad, but true. If you get the wrong people around you who tell you that God's will is your sickness or God's will is your death or the death of your child, and if you start listening to them, you've already lost. That environment and those people will destroy your faith. And sometimes your faith is the only thing keeping you alive. If you get attacked, by all means, you should have Other Christians pray for you, but don't just call your church and get added to the prayer list. Don't just automatically call the prayer line. Take a few minutes and ask God who should pray for you. Consider the people you know. Who has seen healing miracles in their lives? Who talks about God's power and desire to heal? Who knows God intimately and serves him wholeheartedly? Who believes God? Those are the people you want to pray for you. My wife, who's been healed from stage four cancer, has... A lot of people pray over her. Sometimes people we didn't even know would pray or prophesy powerfully over her and it would bless us. Sometimes people who have various church titles would pray and I ended up sorry we even told them about her situation. Sometimes someone with a church title really has no idea what to do. And I'm not talking about anybody specifically. That's just the way it is. And I'm not getting down on people, but the true revelation of healing of God's will and desire and power to heal has been greatly diminished in the church world today. And let me give you my favorite example of something that that happened to us. When she was first diagnosed, a lot of people prayed for my wife, and I wasn't always with her for various reasons. One day, she told me that she ran into a person I know, as I would have considered this person an elder or at least close to it. I was happy to hear that they had spoken, and I wanted to know what the person said. This person advised my wife that she would be fine and that she just needed to go get a medical marijuana prescription. She simply needed to eat a bunch of medical marijuana gummies or whatever, and she would be fine. And in case you're wondering, that was not godly advice. On the other hand, we've had some mighty prayer warriors with us. Pastors Fritz Ruhe and Doug Henders came to her hospital room with my parents and some others. Pastor Fritz turned the worship music up so loud, I thought the hospital staff would yell at us, but they didn't. And God moved powerfully, dropped absolute wisdom into my mind and into my heart. And I mean, I tell you what, our our situation got started off with a bang. Because, I mean, the very first conversations I had with a doctor... God told me he was wrong. God dropped it in my spirit. God told me there was other things we could do. I questioned him. I challenged him respectfully, respectfully. But he was saying emergency surgery. And God said, no, there's other options here. And and God showed us what to do. He, he reluctantly agreed. God moved. The power of God moved. And we got out without any emergency surgery. It was totally miraculous. 
and and she ultimately did have surgery, but not for eight months. When they said, you know, you need to have this today, eight months, she lived perfect, normal life. And, you know, we built our faith and interviewed the right doctors and all of that, you know, and, you know, God bless that guy. We never saw him again. Anyway, you need to be praying. You need to be seeking God. You need to be standing in faith and you need to be only speaking with the right Christians and hearing the right teachers. And you need to be doing whatever God tells you to do. That's the final point for today. Whatever God tells you to do, do it. Remember Jesus at the wedding in John chapter 2. Oh, you want some wine? Draw out the washing pot water. Take it to the governor. You remember the story. Read it if you if you can't. When you need something from God, he may tell you to do something that sounds crazy. He may tell you to do something that makes no sense. He might tell you to find a new doctor or take a different medicine. Whatever he tells you to do, then do it. That act of faith will act as another seed to produce the harvest of healing in your life. That act of faith will keep your mind focused on God and his power for your healing. That act of faith may also trigger something in the natural realm to bring your manifestation. Again, whatever he tells you to do, do it. He's the one who owns your body. He's the one who is the great physician. He's the one that wants you healed more than you do. He's the one who understands everything and how it all works in every realm far beyond we ever will. At least this side of heaven. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. My friends, we live in a fallen world. The potential for injury is everywhere. Sickness, disease, and germs are everywhere. But God wants you in perfect health. I know lots of people don't believe that, but it's still the biblical truth. So please consider this teaching. Involve God in every physical situation you have. Just make it a habit. Build your faith in this area. You will begin walking in divine health, free from any physical problem. God wants your health and God wants you to minister healing to others. That's true for every Christian. See Mark 16. And please know that I'm always here for you. I'm happy to send you verses to suggest materials to pray and worship and believe God with you and stand in faith with you for your healing. And if you ever want, we have a prayer and healing class at Grace Family Church at the Carrollwood campus on Waters Avenue, 7 p.m. every Wednesday. If you ever want, you are welcome. You will come and find an atmosphere of faith with a number of powerful ministers to pray and stand with you and lay hands on you for your healing. And if you ever want to come, please just let me know. We'll make sure that it that it's going on that night. They take breaks for spring break and summer and so forth. So just keep me posted. Let me know. But I'm here to help you. God bless you, my friends. I love you. I pray that this blesses you. Please remember this. I just pray in Jesus' name that the Lord will, will help you remember this teaching. Not not because of me, not because of my name, not because of my, nothing like that. But so that you know, if something happens, that you can come and remember what to do. Learn, hear about God's power and desire for your healing and how to approach this healing journey. So that you will see God's power and healing will manifested in your body every single time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.